3.03 p.m. Eastern time, Atlantic time, and I'm here with Geneva from Geneva Matchmaking. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Very well, very well. So uh, I sort of found you just kind of Googling uh, like a matchmaker sort of service. I didn't know we actually had one in Halifax, which is like <laughs> quite nice. So Were you Googling for yourself or for the podcast? No, not really. I was like looking. I was like, okay. Let's see what sort of interesting career I could find. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if we have a matchmaker in Halifax. So I found your contact and uh, I told my buddy Ross to contact you. And then here we are. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited too. So tell me about yourself. Like, how did you sort of, uh, what were you doing before this? Let's start there. Oh my gosh, the journey. I mean, life is all about chapters at some point, isn't it? So prior to becoming a matchmaker, I was actually a geomatics professional. So I have far too much education in how to make maps. So I did six years of schooling for that. And then I went out to Calgary and I was working for seismic oil exploration. And I was up in Northern Alberta, down in the States, um, working on projects when they were exploring for oil. And I was the geomatics professional that was creating the maps for the project. So that's what I was doing. And then I think like any Nova Scotian, your heart and soul needs to be back here for some reason. And so after doing that for five years, I was like, okay, I have to be back in Nova Scotia for my 30th birthday. So I quit my $90,000 job in Calgary, moved back to Halifax and started waiting tables um, just to be back here with my family and be on the East Coast. And so I come from a super entrepreneurial family. I always knew that entrepreneurism was where my happiness was going to lie. It wasn't going to be a nine to five. It wasn't going to be working and building somebody else's dream. I just had no idea I was going to be matchmaking. <laughs> I know what I should be saying is like, I matched my Barbie dolls all for childhood. And I always wanted to be a matchmaker, but that actually wasn't the case. It just, it turned out to be something that I was really good at. So it started with mm-hmm. one speed dating event at Line of Bright on uh, Gricola Street oh, nice. three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> just dated myself right there. Perfect. So we did one speed dating event and the reason I hosted it is because I was bored one summer and I read the subtle art not giving a, I don't know, can you swear on here? You can, yeah. (laughs) I read the subtle art not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he told, he had said in the, well, what I got from the book was basically happiness wasn't having no stresses. It was having chosen stresses. And so I decided to just start hosting events or figuring something out where I could have something to look forward to. And so I did one speed dating event and then Halifax went crazy for it. Nice. The singles loved it. They asked for more. We provided more and then we, they asked for even more. So then we started matchmaking and then they asked for more and we started coaching and, and everything that we have designed here at JE matchmaking is designed based on the uniqueness of Nova Scotians, what they're looking for, the economy here and what I wanted to provide for singles, because I was single through all this as well. So I knew the struggles. Yeah. And so I was in the battlefield. And so that's how 
that's the journey of how we got here. And before I knew it, COVID happened, which just launched my business through the roof. Oh, nice. And uh, I'm just trying to keep up. Oh, wow. Are you running this yeah. by yourself at the moment? Yeah, it is just me. Um, okay. I'm looking into possibly getting some grants or some sort of loan, business loan, so that we can bring on hopefully a full-time employee and uh, so that we can just fill the world with people in love, you know? Nice. Awesome. I remember reading an article on, I think it was like CTV News or something about um, how JE matchmaking was exploding through the pandemic. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. I think it's because there's no other options outside of online dating or me throughout COVID. That's the only options we have. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manchin. I don't know how I ended up on it yesterday. I was just kind of, I don't know, binging on YouTube sort of thing. And then I uh, across, came across a summary by himself and I was like sort of listening to it, like what he's talking about. The the title is essentially sort of misleading in a way, but it's like it's instead of worrying about everything, it's like a few chosen stressors, like you mentioned, right? So it was interesting. I, yeah. I got to pick up that book and read it. Oh, well, you should probably do it. And by the way, if you're reading like the first couple chapters and you're not letting it resonate with you, put it down and pick it up in six months and then do it again if it doesn't resonate. Because I, I if I hadn't, if I had read that two years prior or two years after, it wouldn't have affected me as much as it did then. So yeah, but it's a great book. <laughs> yeah. Right mm -hmm. on. Yeah. So tell me how your process works. Uh, so let's say a client is interested in your service. What would you take them through, essentially? You're laughing as if you might be interested in the service, but whatever. We'll just freeze <laughs> right past that. Well, yeah. Well, let's see. <laughs> asking okay, for a friend. So you're asking for a friend. Yeah. Just his, his name starts with an N, I assume. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what we do, the foundation of the business is dating kindly, which is kind of the opposite of online dating. I mean, online dating is just rooted in unkindness, dishonesty, and it's just a lot of hurt people hurting people. And so what we're getting a lot of coming through here is hurt people that are tired of hurting people. They just don't know it yet. And so they're coming to me and we do a full interview. So first of all, we do a phone call. So if anybody's interested in is listening to this and is interested in our matchmaking process, you can just go to my website and book in a 15 minute consultation. And this is the pre-screening of basically kindness, like being kind and being a good person is one of the main things that I screen for. So if there's a ton of negativity on this phone call, if you're ripping to pieces, the opposite sex, or if you're just really, um, anything I can pick up on anything now because I've probably interviewed thousands of people um we actually don't move forward to the process so there is quite an extensive screening program but we talk through all the details on that phone call we talk about what it is you're looking for and then from there we send you a link where you can build your book of love profile so the book of love is our matchmaking database okay. and it is where everybody can everybody is located and from the book of love if you have a profile in there you have access to a ton of services but the book of love is your first step and then after that phone call and you take some time to build your book of love profile which is extensive you then come in for a one hour consultation with me. And this is where I get to meet you in person. Cause trust me, I honestly just had a meeting with a woman where when I was looking for her profile, I was not looking forward to the meeting. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, she looks 
so um, like uptight and she's going to be really pushy and she's going to be all this. That beautiful creature sat down in front of me and she was soft and beautiful and wonderful. And I'm like, how, like, how would she ever find anybody otherwise? Because what she's portraying on her profile is not who she is. So we're going to take a ton of time and just completely revamp her profile, basically. But the one hour consultation is huge. It's another filtering program from kindness because for kindness, because, um, yeah, I can just, I just pick up on that. So if there's any kind of red flags, if there's any a huge amount of negativity, if they're not open to any coaching at all, and they just want to come to matchmaking and just be introduced to hot people. I'm like, this is not for you. So that's the foundation of the business. And that's kind of what the process is. And then once you're in the book of love, so after that one hour consultation, if you make it through that, you are then in the book of love. Currently we have over 550 people in the book of love. Wow. After thousands of interviews over the last three years. And so, um, yeah. And from there, we just kind of gear you to where you want to go. This summer, we are going to be doing millions of events. Um, sorry, yeah. not millions, but we're going to be doing, doing a bunch of events. They're all going to be outside. They're all going to be smaller, um, smaller types of events. They're going to be activity based. Super excited about that. People in the book of love have first dibs to that. So if you're not in the book of love, yes, you'll see the events come up, but likely they'll be sold out before you can get to them. Okay. And then there's one-on-one matchmaking. So when there's compatible matches, we send you out on awesome dates. And then coaching is where we see a majority of the success, which is honestly just the tiniest little mindset adjustment is all that majority of people need to find success in the dating world. So we provide that as well. Nice. Do you yeah. find sometimes clients come in with heavy expectations or? or what oh my is God, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what we do is we manage those expectations right, right away nice perfect so if anybody's ever watched millionaire matchmaker i mean she is like she rips her clients to pieces mm-hmm. um in 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 attempts to humble them i mean but we and we do kind of do that so if, if someone's saying that they're looking for something that they could never get i as kindly as i can tell them listen, you're going to be single forever if that's what you're looking for, because you cannot get that. Right. Whatever that may look like. But honestly, majority of people, they come in and all they're looking for is a genuine partnership with a genuine person. Like that is, that is majority of the people that come to me. They're amazing. They're kind. They are, you know, busy professionals. These aren't the dredges of society. They're amazing people. And honestly, all they want is to be introduced to somebody that they can love and who will love them back. Nice. So how do you sort of determine, let's say, person A would be likely to, you know, sort of fall in love or, you know, kind of go on multiple dates with person B sort of thing? How do you figure that out? Well, usually when I sit down with somebody, so we have a large enough database now that when I sit down with somebody based on how that conversation goes, Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I get this little matchmaker tingly feeling in my stomach and I'm like, and somebody pops into my head for that. Just that intuition, right? It is an intuition. And it's funny because when I first started wanting to be a matchmaker, I took a course where I wanted to learn how to match properly. And when it came to the time of the course where they're like, okay, here's how you matchmake. They're, they just said, there's an, it's an intuition. And I was like, you mother, like, I wanted you to tell me how to do this. 
<laughs> but then after two years, literally it is like, it's all experience. It's based on, you know, a tingly feeling, but outside of that, we have a amazing database program that will do full compatibility checks right, based on how people filled out their book of love profile. So that is another backup. Right. But I mostly match based on personalities, ambition, drive, education level, um, activities that each other enjoy. Having similar activity level is really important. And yeah, the tingly feeling. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so my company, Levion Management, so the way we also offer career coaching services, it's sort of similar in that uh, process, I would say. Like, uh, so we do offer like career quizzes and things like that, like we would for, you know, a lot of other companies offer that. But I think one important thing that's missing is the human element of it, where you can sort of talk to them and then they might not realize that this career option exists or that one exists or they may display all the characteristics of doing something really well, but they don't really realize it. So, um, so what our role here is to we sort of like try and do research with as many options and possibilities, and then we're like, hey, have you considered this, right? And then it's also a very intuitive thing where, you know, maybe you won't sort of find it within algorithms, and you're like, okay, you've answered all these questions on A, B, C, and D, and then you got this result, and it would exactly work for you, right? So. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I see what you mean on that in, intuitiveness. It's just like natural, right? Well, matchmaking, I feel spans far outside dating. Like we can matchmake friends. Right. We can matchmake, like there's, um, surgeons and doctors, they have an extensive matchmaking program to matchmake doctors to the proper locations, the proper hospitals. Right. Okay. They also matchmake kidneys. Like there's this whole um, program when somebody donates a kidney that they have a matchmaking program that's very similar to probably what you and I do that will match the kidney to the proper person. Like it's, wow. it's matchmaking is everywhere all the time for everything. Like we're always matchmaking. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Interesting. So what surprises the most about uh, this career? <laughs> um, that men are amazing humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say that I came into being a matchmaker, a man hater. I, yeah, I was a big time man hater and I, and it was from past experience and my own insecurities that made me into a man hater. And then when it came to speed dating, it was really hard to fill those events with men. So then that perpetuated my man hating because I just thought they were like lazy dummies. And then I started sitting down with the most beautiful, unique, genuine men that were, you know, working hard. And um, so they just really wanted to find somebody to love and they just really wanted to find somebody that they could give half of their life to. And um, it really opened my eyes to how beautiful men are, how important they are to have in everybody's lives. And ever since then, the relationships that I have, I have ever since I started this, my relationships with men have been so amazing. And I just want to take my head off and I want to put it on all these amazing women so that they realize that there are so many great guys out there. And on a funny side, I also realized how hard it is to date as a man, man because women treat their matchmaker like how they treat their men when that they're dating so if they're disappointed wow. they send me those nasty text messages they send me 
um, those dirty looks. They wow. treat me like how they treat men. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> so I got the nitty gritty of all of it. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy. I, I didn't realize that actually. Wow. Yeah. I remember watching an interview with a matchmaker and she sort of elaborated on that too, which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, when we are batting for the team, like, of course, as a single woman, I was on the side of single women and, you know, everybody else that would hurt my girls was was in the wrong. And, um, and this is not discounting those horrible people out there, like those men out there. This is talking about just great people. Yeah. Sure. And um, yeah, I was absolutely shocked with how hard it is to date on both sides. But mm-hmm. I then got the perspective. I got behind the veil of what it was like to date as a man. And I even experienced the same thing yesterday. And I've been in this business three, three years. And I had an experience where the woman treated me like how she would treat a man. And I'm like, <laughs> girl, you don't know who you're playing with. But yeah, so. wow uh so here comes a controversial topic what do you think about online dating does it work (laughs) (laughs) online dating 100% works okay yeah I am a big fan of online dating we actually use it as a tool in our coaching program because matchmaking is amazing but it's extremely slow and a lot of people need the experience of meeting a lot of people to one determine what it is that they're looking for Mm -hmm. and two just to get better at dating like it's so funny how people think that they're going to just sit in their house and when the perfect person comes along they're going to take them on this amazing date um that's not the case you have to date a lot in order to be a good date and so online dating is an amazing way to meet people now that being said it is an evil creature that is creating a horrible culture in today's dating world that is, you know, very superficial. It's creating a lot of hurt people that are hurting people. Every single person that walks through my door, I have never had anybody walk through my door and said, I love online dating. Yeah. They all hate it. Um, yeah. So yeah. there's a reason why, but it's like, we don't train anybody how to date. We don't teach anybody how to date. So if yeah. you are, online dating without any training of course you're gonna nosedive it's like sending somebody into a heavy machinery factory and just expecting them to not get hurt without any training like it's a heavy machinery factory but for feelings and love and other people and we don't nobody trains anybody on how to use it no that's true yeah so i don't think that the online dating like the online dating platforms it doesn't matter which one you use Mm. it's your mindset when you go in and use it, that makes all the difference. Right. Is there preferred platforms that sort of um, work better than the other? <laughs> um, who are you asking for there? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I Everyone? don't recommend ever using a paid platform. A lot of people think, okay, well, I'm paying for it. So the people are more serious. Not true. Um, it's the same people on paid platforms as non-paid platforms. So Say, for example, you're 45 plus, I would recommend Plenty of Fish, not ideal. It is considered the cesspool of online dating, but it's where everybody in that demographic is. Okay, I see. Um, So if you're 45 plus looking to date, outside of that, I mean, it doesn't matter between Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. I know lots of people, couples that have met on Tinder. I met my boyfriend on Hinge. Um, I know lots of people that have met people on Bumble. I don't really think it matters what platform you use. Again, it's just your 
mindset and training before you go into it. Um, but if you can maybe avoid Tinder, but that's where everybody is too. And there's a lot of great people yeah. on there. You just have to realize that you're going to sift through a lot of people. Yeah. So I've been on all these apps. Um, I met my current girlfriend through Bumble. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's been an experience for sure. It's been, uh... how many people did you have to go through before you met her? Oh dear. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't recall. It's been so, so many, like I've been on lots of dates through Bumble and it's, I think that's the one that's worked for me because, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I have a pretty good profile on there. Uh, yeah. however, yeah, it's been like, I've been through probably six or seven first dates on Bumble. And then I was like, okay. And I met my current girlfriend, Hannah. I was like, okay, she's cool. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, it was like lots of swiping, lots of lots of time spent on those apps for sure. There is a lot of time spent. Well, I have this dating technique that I created. It's called the compound dating technique. And I, I created it this summer at the very beginning. Well, I created it throughout the first lockdown. And then when I when we came out, I was like, okay, I have to use this and make sure it works. My boyfriend, I had gone on 33 first dates in three months, and my boyfriend was 34. Wow. So, like, we got to go on a lot of dates, you guys. It's not going to be one or two. Wow. So, you mentioned that, uh, so, like, if you're talking back to career, like, uh, so you mentioned you had that intuitive sense and matchmaking, and you sort of went to a training program. Is there anything else that uh, people have done to get into matchmaking, I suppose, since... Yeah. Well, like as a career. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. So if anybody's out there and they're thinking about getting into matchmaking, better not be in Halifax because you'll go down. But anyhow, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're thinking about it, it's not a profession that you can be formally trained for. It's something that you have to hustle for. And you almost need to start like majority of the matchmakers that I know they have um, just started by matchmaking their friends and then they started building a database and then they went into some sort of training. So there is the matchmaker Institute, which is based out of New York and they do an amazing training. I haven't personally done it, um, but they do great training and that's where you can go to get the formal certification and the formal training for it. But it's not going to teach you it's going right. to teach you how to build a business, but it's not going to teach you how to be a good matchmaker. Right. I see. I see. I see. You, you got you to gotta mess up a lot before you yeah. figure out how to be a good matchmaker. Have you talked to other matchmakers sort of thing before you got started? Or was it one of those things where, like you said, it kind of snowballed from your friends and then the one dating event and then the second one and then the third one. And then it's a full blown company, right? Well, I actually decided that I was going to put blinders onto the competition because I knew that Nova Scotia was unique in what the product needed to be to be successful Mm -hmm. here. Because I did hear when I first started matchmaking that there was a couple matchmaking companies that came in from England and came in from Toronto Mm -hmm. and they didn't stick in Halifax. So I knew right away that a different product needed to be made. Mm -hmm. Also, those uh, those matchmaking companies were pre online dating. So Mm -hmm. There was, there was, there was a shift that I needed to create. So I need, I knew that I needed to create something that was unique. And so I put blinders on to the competition. I didn't do any research on pricing systems, anything on what other matchmakers were doing, because I knew 
number one, that I had the ability and just the creative nature to be able to figure out and try and fail and try and fail to create something that is unique to here. And now I believe that I've actually created something unique enough that it could, um, it's, it's, it's for modern day dating. It's for people that are also online dating. And this is just another option for that. And so um, we can't be completely against what the other op- options are. We have to amalgamate into that and create a product that assists with that. And so I know I didn't do any research on what other matchmakers were doing. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't base any of my business or my business model on any of that. Right. I see. So how was your experience mm-hmm. sort of building your brand? Like, um, so you mentioned you didn't do a lot of mar- like research on your competitors. Um, what made the Nova Scotia market different and how did you sort of figure out your business model and sort of go from there essentially? Yeah. Um, so I did know basically the biggest thing that I knew about Nova Scotia is that the, the money wasn't here. Okay. Yeah. So the income just wasn't here because other matchmaking companies, like you come in, you pay 7,000 to $50,000 for unlimited amount of dates for a year. And probably in there is going to be, um, a partner. And so that's what the other matchmaking companies were doing. I knew that there just wasn't the infrastructure to house that type of income that would be able to afford that. Now we do have, um, we do have a program here called priority membership that is based a little bit based on that type of model, but we only bring on two clients over six months in that model. Uh, sorry, two, yeah, two clients every six months we'll bring in. So we're only working with two priority members at a time. And um, that's a little bit more based on that. But I don't think that there would be enough, there wasn't enough income in Nova Scotia to truly launch that type of business here. So that was number one. I wanted to make it affordable for everybody. Plus, I'm not a big fan of working with um, wealthy people. I am more of like a... Yeah, I see. I prefer the busy professionals. I prefer the people that are, you know, they're just great people that just need the, a little bit of help. That's what I really wanted to work with. I, I didn't want to provide yet another service for the elite. I wanted something for um, the people, for anybody. And so whether someone's making a million dollars a year or if they're making $50,000 a year, it's the same service here. Perfect. And how did you grow your business? Um, hustling a lot. So I'm surprised that like, basically there's probably a ton of people. I have messaged every single human being in Halifax that, that is, that even slightly looks single on social media, asking them to come to an event. Oh, I see. Nice. So I'm not big into just like marketing and crossing my fingers and hoping that somebody shows up to an event. Like my first event, I had eight men and eight women, and I had to contact over 300 people to get eight men and eight women there asking them to come to the event. Wow. Okay. Like the old cold call approach. (laughs) The cold call approach. And so then, but then from there, as word of mouth got out, we, we only market over social media. I haven't put a single dollar into marketing ever. I've never paid for marketing. It was just social media. I am huge into TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I put out a ton of content. I'm all about um, providing a service for people that would never use matchmaking. And then those that find value in it and would want to use matchmaking can use it. But those that would never come to me still have some training and some coaching on how to date just to make their dating life easier. So I put out 
content all day long. Um, Plus, because I love doing it. So, yeah. Perfect. And then uh, what kind of clientele? You said you usually have like young professionals sort of thing in that range that Mm -hmm. are using your services. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. So the age range is the main age range of who's in the book of love is between the ages of 28 and 42. And then once we're outside of that, that's even numbers, men and women is between 28 and 42. Once we're outside of that, when we get 42 plus, we just have a ton of women and very few men. And then when we get 28 and younger, we have a ton of men and very few women. So it seems like the happy medium is between 28 and 42. But in regards to who's in there, majority of it is yes, busy busy professionals. But we also have we have blue collar, we have white collar, we have people that are, you know, really amazing business owners and have sold a company that they built for seven years. And, but we just, we basically have everybody because it's interesting. Everybody wants, they're, they're wondering what the quality of people are in the book of love. And we truly accept all people, but we match based on compatibility. And so, you know, some of my favorite matches, my favorite match is a pastry chef and an engineer. And then Another one is a, is a farmer and um, an engineer. <laughs> we have a lot of engineers in the book of love. Uh, they love structuring their love life. So yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What are people doing wrong when they're trying to find love? <laughs> um, they're thinking that it's the other person's fault. Um, pretty much hundred percent of the time, if you're ever having a hard time finding love, it's your fault. Just so you know. <laughs> um pretty much 100% of the time it's, it's your fault. And there's, there's, and it's not like you're consciously out there hurting people. You're not consciously being bad at dating. We have blocks. We have hurt feelings from the past. We have, um, we don't have the skills to date properly. We don't have the proper pictures. We don't have the proper bio. We don't, um, Yeah. And we aren't willing to work on ourselves. I think that's huge. Like I was a horrible dater prior to becoming a matchmaker dating coach. I was flailing in the dating world, Mm -hmm. matching and partnering myself up with the wrong people, hating men while also wanting to date them and have them fall in love with me, which was not a nice cocktail. And then, and then being mad that I wasn't getting the results I got. So then when I really started researching, becoming a dating coach, just devoured every book that ever existed when it came to dating and love, clearly my dating skills shifted. And I am so happy that I have the boyfriend now because if he had met me when I first started this, he would have left screaming. He would have ran out of the date screaming and I would have been mad at him because he's a horrible person. You know what I mean? So, um, I think it's self-work that we really need to do. We really need to reflect in on ourselves and what we're projecting. And I honestly think sometimes it's the tiniest mindset adjustment that makes a huge difference and people can't believe how easy of a shift it was and the results that they get from it. Wow. Interesting. And then how do you have that tough conversation with your clients? Uh, Like when you, when you say, look, you got to be better yourself sort of thing, right? How do you, how do you tell someone that? Oh, I know. Uh, I actually don't say it to many people because a lot of the time we have to be at rock bottom to to determine that we need that help. Right. So there's a lot of people that are coming to me that I would never say, of course, I offer coaching, but if they 
up for coaching, I will never be like, well, you suck. So you should probably get into coaching. Like, I'm not going to have that conversation. <laughs> Life will make that happen for them. Right. Life will determine that there's, there's timing is the most important thing. Timing is the most important thing when you are meeting your partner, also deciding to come to a matchmaker. There's no way there's probably a huge population of people out there that would just never, ever, ever come to me for dating coaching. And that's totally okay. They could do their own personal growth independently or through my content or through their own personal research. Um, but I actually don't have that hard conversation. I just allow them to come to me when they're ready. I see. It's also not my place. I don't feel to ever tell anybody that there's something wrong with them because there's nothing wrong with anybody. But, um, but I do have a lot of tough conversations and you just have to do it as nicely as possible. But I really do want to hire a matchmaker that can do it better than me. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like you're doing a pretty good job yourself though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And do you recommend any books or anything, any kind of podcasts or anything? I know you have your podcast yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely tune into my podcast, The Book of Love. You can find it wherever you get podcasts, just search the book of love. And we have, I think we have like 45 uh, episodes out. We've been doing it for almost a year now. Um, lots of great stuff on there. We have lots of training, but outside of that, my gosh, books, my favorite new book, basically every single book I read is my new favorite book, but this was done. It's called how not to die alone. Horrible title. It's just shocking. Just, just like who, whose heart does that break is how not to die alone. But it's by Logan Uri, and she is a behavioral scientist that has worked for Hinge and also is a matchmaker. This is the best book to give you a complete overview of how to revamp your dating life um, because it goes through, basically, it's not going to do a huge psychological um, dive into you. It's going to give you little snippets of things that you can then dive into later on your own time. So that is good for men. It's good for women. That is my new absolute favorite preferred book. Amazing. And then what kind of things do you usually talk about in your podcasts? Is, just, uh, is it on how to sort of improve yourself or um, how do you date better <laughs> sort of thing? Or Yeah. So we started with, um, it started out as, Chapter one and chapter three is going to be, should be where everybody starts. So it talks about being a high, chapter two is talking about being a high value man. Mm -hmm. And chapter three is talking about how being a high value woman. Mm -hmm. So that's a great place to start with the book of love podcast. It was the first couple episodes that I recorded. Mm -hmm. And then from that, what we turned into is we started interviewing local singles and their struggles in today's dating world. Right. And at the very end, we would do five minutes of training on that topic. But then what it's kind of evolved into, and we all know how podcasts just evolve as the interest rolls in, it's kind of evolved into, we have a once a month series, which is called the Book of Love Hotline. And this is where people call in and we answer their dating coaching questions then and there live. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of fun. We are also, uh, we also interview professionals. So authors of books I'll bring in and we'll talk about dating. Other dating coaches I'll bring in and we'll talk about dating. We also still interview local singles, but we talk about success stories. So I bring on some couples that I've created and we talk about how they met and their journey through matchmaking and how they thought that was. And, um, but we're also just starting a new series where it's talking about my dating life, which 
I just scratched the, the surface of my dating life with you, but we're going into deep of all the lessons I've learned, because if I'm going to teach anything, trust me, it was dating. Cause I definitely knew how to date. So yeah. What sort of advice would you give for someone who is looking to get into sort of uh, not necessarily matchmaking, but more into consulting or coaching sort of a business where they are trying to figure out um, how to build it and how to market it and things like that? What, what would you sort of guide them towards? So I have zero, uh, zero formal business training at all. So um, my advice is not normally like what they're teaching at Mount St. Vincent, they would just kick me in the teeth if they knew what I was saying to people in regards to advice on business. But number one for me is, is hustle. Like we're not, we can't just put out a service on social media and expect people to roll in. We really have to build connections. We really need to build relationships. But the number one thing that shifted for me was being authentic in my business. So prior to COVID, I was, you know, when you hear matchmaker, you think this woman sitting on a, you know, in a, in a white chair, just judging everybody in, in heels. And you know what I mean? Like, that's what you think when you think matchmaker. During the first lockdown, I was so depressed and just, uh, and I'm such a hustler that to go into lockdown was really hard. So I picked up TikTok. And I started posting videos of me doing funny matchmaker Geneva things on my, you know, business page. And um, I'm not sure if it was COVID that launched it through, but it was definitely bringing that authentic self forward Mm -hmm. that took it from this unattainable matchmaker preconceived notion to, oh, this is a fun, relatively funny human being doing something she loves. And, you know, she's providing content for me and she's providing um, value to me. So adding value is number one. You have to add value to your following. You can't just be hands in pockets, taking money all the time. We have to add value. We have to be authentic and we have to freaking hustle y'all. It's all about the hustle. All about the hustle. And if anyone was interested in your services, how would they get in contact with you? So if you guys are interested in our services um, and you're like a little bit on the fence, just number one, start following my content. So JE matchmaking, that's how you find me on everything. So TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, JE matchmaking. Uh, My website is jematchmaking.com. So that is the launching point to all of my things. So that's where we have our book suggestions. So the book I just suggested, there's a link there for that plus a ton of other reading material that I 100% recommend. It takes you to my podcast, The Book of Love. It takes you to where you can book in your first phone consultation, where we will talk about you, what the whole system is, what the pricing is, and then what uh, you're looking for in a partner. So that's where you can start the process. We are not a hard sales company. Fortunately, as a matchmaker, all we have to do is say, hey, did you know there's a matchmaker? And people either come or they don't. I can't sell matchmaking to anybody because they have to be ready for it. And so we're not going to push anything on anybody. We just make everything available. So from that point, you're in the book of love as well. Everything is pay as you go. I don't believe in packages because... Um, or like contracts of certain amount of time for dating, because dating is such an emotional process that everything is self-motivated and self-propelled, whether you just want to come to events 
or you just want matchmaking, or you want coaching, or you want all three, or you want a mixture of them, you just choose what you want to do once you're in the book of love. Um, and then you, you go from there. So that's how you can find me. That's kind of how it all works. Perfect. And finally, you mentioned you have um, a whole number of events coming up this summer. Could you sort of elaborate on that and where you see your company moving forward in the near future sort of thing? Yeah, totally. So events are my favorite because they're so much fun. I mean, matchmaking is where we create matchmaking and coaching is where we create the majority of couples. Mm. But um the events are the fun part. Like they're the part where if somebody hasn't been dating much, you go to an event and trust me, you just want to date after. Whether or not you meet somebody there or not, you just want to keep going because it gives you that energy. Dating events, they're in restaurants, they are um they're up for a while and they're bigger. So what we're going to do now because of COVID is we're actually going to make them smaller. So no more than 10 people, likely four men, four women, five men, five women, but they're all going to be activity-based and we're making them more frequent. So rather than just having two or three events a month, we're going to be two or three events a week. And we're going to create a calendar that you can go and purchase your ticket to the events that you want. And it's going to be a summer-based calendar that updates every single month. So you're going to get your like July calendar in June to then go purchase your tickets for the events in July. And they're just going to be smaller. They're going to be more fun. They're going to be more activity-based. So we're going to do like roller skating, kayaking, oh, quadding, hiking. Um, we've, for, I don't know. We're going to do, I'm just taking ideas right now. And if nice. I can call a company and say, hey, I'm sending eight people to you, it's going to be on the list of the event. So. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And yeah, uh, yeah any final thoughts? <laughs> Anything you want to add to this? Honestly, just in regards to those that are listening and wanting to start a business, just start acting. I mean, if we can, if we can, if all we're doing is planning and plotting and we don't have any action there, nothing's going to come. So just start acting, just start doing. And the same applies to dating. Mm -hmm. We cannot sit in our house and just sit and plan for the perfect person that we want and then expect them to come along. We have to get out there. We have to crack some eggs. We have to meet some people. We have to look stupid. We have to mess up in order to find what we want. So business, dating, just get out there, start doing some stuff and start acting. Perfect. Thank you for your time. Really Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was really fun. Hope to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Geneva from JE Matchmaking. Thank you and have a good one.